Welcome to Spooky Pasta Sauce, the pop culture and gaming podcast where I, Cleo, serve you a heaping helping of spooky stories for you to devour alongside my lovely co-host, Momo. That's me. Together, we'll uncover all kinds of spooks from mild to spicy. Season screamings, and welcome to the first spooky pasta sauce holiday spooktacular. Today, we will be discussing the darker side of the Yuletide season, our favorite Christmas movie, and more. So put on your fuzzy socks, grab a hot drink, and buckle in, friends. I'm your host, Cleo, resident scream queen, here with my co-host, Momo, casual cryptid connoisseur, welcome to the show. If you're enjoying the show and would like to support the podcast, check us out on patreon.com slash spooky pasta sauce. Right now, we are accepting any and all contributions, and we have a $1 tier available. We have some exciting ideas for future bonus content, so stay tuned to hear when we'll be adding additional tiers. Have you been good this year, Momo? Are you expecting a visit from St. Nick? Definitely debatable, but hopefully I'm on the nice list. I think I'd be nice. Debatable? Questionable, (laughs) maybe? Yeah. (laughs) Well, I'm about to tell you what might happen if you make it on the naughty list. Have you ever heard of Krampus? I think I've heard of Krampus here and there, but honestly, I don't think I could tell you what Krampus looks like or specifically the Krampus story. I'm, I'm assuming it has to do with naughty children. Naughty children, Christmas time. Mm-hmm. He's kind of like St. Nick's other half. Oh. Bad boy of Christmas. Ooh. Christmas baddie. Christmas baddie. I guess you could even say maybe a Christmas cryptid. Ooh. But let's get into it and I'll let you decide for yourself. Okay. We're going to start out with the folklore here. Get some traditional background, some old-timey seasonal Christmas tales. Krampus is often depicted as a half-goat, half-demon monster who is said to be the son of Hel, the god Hel from Norse Mm -hmm. mythology, who is the god of the underworld. Oh, interesting. So that's where we get the devilish connections Mm -hmm. here. The half-demon part. Mm-hmm. Half-demon, son of the god or lord of the underworld, or hell, depending on how you want to think about it. Yeah. He is the devilish companion of Santa who punishes misbehaving children. Oof. Santa for the bad kids. Oh, she's... The legend is believed to originate in Germany or possibly Austria. Mm. Very cold, wintry <laughs> countries. Yeah. With lots of forests where who knows what's lurking out in the dark. Oh, yeah. I have family in Germany, so we've been through the Black Forest there. It is, it is a lot of trees, and it definitely lives up to the name. Super spooky? A little bit. Gives those vibes. Uh, I would not want to get lost in there. No. <laughs> See, this is why we have fairy tales, mm-hmm. so that we can explain to children <laughs> not to wander around in the yes. forest alone. His name derives from the German word Krampen 
meaning claw. He truly puts the claws in Santa Claus. (laughs) I couldn't help myself with the dad jokes. That was a good one. That was a good one. (laughs) It is believed Krampus was actually part of the pagan rituals during the winter solstice. December 5th is officially Krampusnacht or Krampus night. He gets his very own evening Mm -hmm. to go out on the town. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) On the hunt for naughty children, of course. Of course. (laughs) (laughs) And then it said, if you survive the night on December 5th and wake up on December 6th, you might be visited by St. Nicholas. Oh, because that is his All Saints Day is on the 6th. Oh, interesting. I didn't know that. Okay. So that means that we're officially on the nice list then here. Yeah, we made it. We survived. <laughs> Passed the test. Love it. Yeah. Krampus was tied to Christmas with the rise of Christianity, even though the Catholic Church tried to ban him. What? They said no. It was <laughs> it was too devilish. Yeah. But fun fact, the fascists also tried to ban Krampus in the 1930s. Wow. So cancel culture started with the Catholics (laughs) and the fascists. All about Krampus. All about Krampus. But maybe part of the reason the the Catholic Church wasn't so down to be associated was because Krampus beats naughty children with branches and sticks. Yeah, okay. In some cases, he is said to eat them or drag them to hell. Ooh, I can see the reasons why. Right? Yeah. Definitely not the most admirable Christmas character. Yeah, or, you know, child-friendly. Right? Yeah. I don't know. Sometimes you gotta scare him to mm-hmm. whip them into shape. <laughs> he has been depicted going after children with his sticks, leading them away in chains, or carrying them off in his bag. <laughs> Gosh, that's... He has his own yeah. Santa sack. Yeah, yeah. So definitely piecing it together. I I don't think images of that would be in your Sunday school room. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. No. I don't think it would have gone over very well. Yeah. It doesn't really fit with the mm-hmm. with the aesthetic they've yeah. got going on over yeah. there. Not about the aesthetics. Got to cancel that. And thanks to the History Channel website, I am now aware of the postcard industry boom. In the 1890s, When the mail system started to grow and spread and it was much easier to stay in contact with all of your relatives and Mm -hmm. friends who might be a little more spread out now that people are starting to leave their hometowns a little bit more, expand, Mm -hmm. travel. So postcards became the new hit thing. If you're traveling, you could send them to your friends Mm -hmm. from the fun locations you got to visit, or you could even send them out to send them some holiday wishes. Oh, yeah. Or greetings from Krampus. Did you just say greetings from Krampus? I did say that. (laughs) What? Because in Germany and Austria during the postcard industry boom, Mm -hmm. we start to see Krampus Karten. Oh, my gosh. Its own name. I love it. Its own name or Krampus themed postcards you could send to your loved ones. <laughs> oh my goodness. I love that idea and I want to see some. Oh, and apparently they were quite a sight to behold. <laughs> some of them much more risque than others. Jeez. 
some of them a little spookier mm-hmm. than others. There were definitely, you know, pictures of Krampus with his sticks or putting children into his sack. There was also a genre, let's call them adult Krampus <laughs> cards. <laughs> you know, you can yeah. send to your buddy as a joke. These are postcards, so, so people mm-hmm. who are delivering them. <laughs> could also see them. Yes, yeah, that's okay. true. <laughs> they were still being made, though. Mm-hmm. There was apparently several depictions of Krampus, like, seducing women or Jeez. even Krampus dressing as a woman. It was interesting. There yeah. was a lot more, a lot more about postcards. A lot of variety. Than, yeah. Than I was expecting. Yeah. Or knew. Yeah. Who knew? I would not have guessed. Someone else who fell down the rabbit hole of Krampus Carton... <laughs> A graphic designer, Monty Beauchamp, in 2004, published a book of Krampus cards and even helped organize a Krampus carton art show. Oh, interesting. I do love a good art show. Right? Definitely be interesting. What a a fun way to display all of those. Yeah. I also love antiques and Mm -hmm. vintagey things. Mm -hmm. And people love postcards. Yeah, definitely. But our Krampus art show, Mm -hmm. Krampus Carton art show, may have been Krampus's potential introduction to the United States. Oh, interesting. Okay. Mm -hmm. But I don't know if the love for Krampus can be matched in the U.S. because they really take things seriously over in Germany and Austria. Mm -hmm. One of the most popular ways to celebrate Krampus is Krampus parades. Or Krampus fun runs. A fun run? A Krampus fun run. Okay, wait. Yes, you heard that, right? Are you running from somebody dressed as Krampus? No. Oh, that's a missed opportunity. It's a bunch of adult men dressed as Krampus. Oh, my God, better. Running through town. Scaring people who are watching the parade or the fun run. That's amazing. Even that, they took it up a notch. They're like... Forget survival mode. We are going to be Krampus. Oh my god. Yes. That's amazing. And I think some of the fun runs also have kind of a beer crawl vibes. Oh, okay. Yeah, that makes sense for the so, region. Yeah. So it's a very chaotic <laughs> evening. Sounds or it. just a just a really great way to let off some steam during the holidays. Yeah, yeah. I love scaring children. Why does it have to stop at <laughs> Halloween? There you go. Just go to a Krampus fun run. <laughs> Absolutely. Love it. So how are you feeling now about Krampus? Got a better idea? Yes. I just, in my head, I'm trying to understand. So Krampus is half goat, half demon. So like, where are the goat parts or the demon parts like humanoid? I think it varies, but I would Mm -hmm. say a traditional, maybe a classic Krampus carton design (laughs) would be Krampus as kind of like a man on top mm-hmm. goat on the bottom mm-hmm. similar to lots of descriptions of satan mm-hmm. himself okay so i could also see why that was another reason the catholic church <laughs> said no way yeah yeah i could see that does he have like horns probably though like a goat a lot of depictions mm-hmm. show him with the horns okay. big scary horns i've seen kind of like an albino more like abominable snowman mm-hmm. looking krampus oh, interesting but i've also seen like dark black very spooky mm-hmm. demon goat looking satan ritual mm-hmm. creature so i think it depends yeah. there's wiggle room there's for, for every spice how you level. would like to <laughs> envision your krampus yeah okay 
Cool. So I have a better idea now. How interesting. Friendly. Love the history here. I love the celebration. That one really got oh, me. Oh, absolutely. I like the vibes there mm-hmm. and that it's still popular today. <laughs> yeah. Who doesn't want to scare children <laughs> year round? Now that we're a little bit more familiar, should we move on to some pop culture Krampus Oh yeah, examples? Yeah, let's hear some more depictions of Krampus. Right, since he does come in all sorts of flavors. Mm-hmm. So I went ahead and watched the Krampus horror movie so that you didn't have to. We appreciate that. <laughs> I remember when that came out and I was low-key like, should I watch this? Because one of the guys from Parks and Rec is in that, right? Yes. Yeah. But I was like, I don't think I can. I want to pass. Adam Scott. Mm-hmm. Yes. And he he does a really good job. He is one of our main characters okay. in the movie. So if you are a fan, it's a good job. Some of the other casting decisions were a little odd mm. because this is one of my favorite types of movies. Mm-hmm. It's a horror comedy. Oh, okay. We do get some, maybe not horror stars, mm-hmm. but some good comedians yeah. in a darker role than we usually get to see them in. Yeah. It's a fun one. What is the premise of the movie? Like, what's the plot? Boiled down, it's a very uncomfortable extended family Christmas. <laughs> Adam Scott lives with his wife and children mm-hmm. in this very beautiful home. Mm-hmm. And his grandmother, who I believe is German, but they don't specifically say. Okay. And I don't have an ear for accents, so I, I couldn't tell you. Yeah, She does speak in her native tongue, though. So I would imagine she's either German or Austrian, mm-hmm. but they don't specify. So we get our our storyteller, our grandma, who has a tie to Krampus. Oh. And we also have Adam Scott's youngest boy, who's starting to feel a little disillusioned about the Christmas season. And like I said, uncomfortable extended family. I believe it is the wife's brother or sister and family that Mm -hmm. come. So there's other children in the mix. And they're kind of... So it's supposed to be sort of like the classy successful family mm-hmm. and the more like white trash kind of family oh, yeah. it's a it's a good mix mm-hmm. but it's there's a lot of tension involved also mm. and then everybody gets snowed in during Ooh. a super intense Ooh. winter storm mm-hmm. and they have to spend I, it's always kind of hard to tell how long a movie lasts. Yeah, yeah, I understand that. How many days are passing, mm-hmm. especially in a situation like this where you're snowed in mm-hmm. and so there's not even like sun, sunlight to tell like yeah. how many days are passing. What day is it? What time is it? And I think that is something that would really get to me mm-hmm. in, in a snowstorm situation. Mm-hmm. I've never been snowed in anywhere before, but I understand why people go crazy. Yeah. So everyone gets snowed in and turns out Krampus is afoot. Oh. And people kind of start going missing one by one, some classic horror movie stuff. Mm -hmm. And honestly, it wasn't so scary when it started out. Mm -hmm. It was pretty mild and a little bit like Jaws, like you Mm -hmm. don't really see Krampus. So So like a shadow suspense, like, ooh, like Mm -hmm. uh, what's going to happen? Is there is there some scary creature out in the snow Mm -hmm. or they like come across somebody who was a victim of Krampus and they haven't seen Krampus yet. So they're all like, what could have done this? Oh, my gosh, it's so scary. This isn't human. (laughs) 
that kind of thing. Yeah. You know, like yeah. in movies when they're when they're figuring out Very that there's classic. a monster on the loose. Yeah, who done it? Yeah, absolutely. And once you start to see them, though, it's a little bit overkill and it gets kind of cheesy. Like there's one scene where they're up in the attic and they're fighting all of these like creepy toys that have come to life. But they're very scary monster toys. Yikes. Like worse than Sid Sid, in Toy Story, the neighbor kid. Yeah, I was going to say, is this like... Toy Story gone horror. Gone horribly wrong with a sprinkle of Christmas on top. Mm. (laughs) And then that was when I was like, okay, Momo, just kidding. This might be too spicy for you because it's a horror comedy. So it had some of that like Uh over the top gore. Yeah. Just those like those kills where you're like, okay, but did it need to be (laughs) that that bad? Yeah. Did it have to last that long? <laughs> yep. Did she really get eaten by a present? <laughs> or was that a jack-in-the-box? <laughs> that, like, stuck out the most to me was mm-hmm. all of the scary toys. And I do kind of like the idea of a Krampus who has his own little helpers. <laughs> helpers? Like, if, Sa- if, Sa- if Santa gets yeah. his elves, yeah. why, can't, why can't Krampus have some assistance? I don't know. <laughs> I'm imagining it's a Mm catch-all term because I don't think he has just one kind. Mm -hmm. I don't think it's just elves who have decided they don't want to work for Santa anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Do you want a spoiler? Oh, a spoiler? Do we do that here? Okay, if you you don't want to hear this, you can skip ahead. I'll hear the spoiler because I'm not going to watch this. I've already decided decided it's out of your comfort yeah, zone. Yeah, I don't... Not this Christmas. Not in your spice level. Yeah, not this year. It is a great Christmas movie, though. Mm-hmm. Like, they do a good job in the beginning mm-hmm. with the family themes and all of that. I liked it. I really did like it. And the old lady is a nice character, too. And, of course, <laughs> there's the moment where Adam Scott and the brother-in-law are like, we're going to go out and, like, search for Krampus or, like, one of the missing people from our family who all also went out to check and see if anyone else was around. Uh-huh. But of course, you know, it's like the holidays. So most of your neighbors are traveling anyways. Mm-hmm. They decide to do a couple recon missions. And Grandma is always the one that's like, that's that's a bad idea. You should stay here. Listen to Grandma. Listen to Grandma. Because Grandma knew about Krampus mm-hmm. all along. And... There might have been some type of family curse, and that's the reason that Krampus was after them now that the son is feeling disillusioned (gasps) about Christmas. And maybe maybe his cousins weren't well-behaved, or like maybe his sister Mm -hmm. wasn't super well-behaved. So Krampus, I think, is after them because the little boy spilled the beans that (laughs) Christmas wasn't going so well in their house. Yeah. There's a cute scene where he's trying to write a letter to Santa and he just doesn't know what to ask for. It's a heartwarming Christmas movie. Like I said, I think it might be one of my new favorite Christmas movies. It is scary, though. Yeah. Yeah. When you want a spooky Christmas. Scary Christmas. I got it. That's like (laughs) not just spooky. It's scary. (laughs) Have a merry, scary Christmas. Yeah. one thing I'll say, my one spoiler that I'll share with you is that this is a, it's a tearjerker almost because they trick you into thinking that it's going to have a happy ending, Mm -hmm. but then there's a plot twist. Oh. And 
it's revealed that everybody is trapped in a snow globe. It zooms out, and it's a snow globe <gasps> of their house. What? So, like, they're stuck in their house oh, inside no. the snow globe. Uh-huh. And Krampus is in his, like, little Krampus workshop, mm-hmm. and he puts it on the shelf, and then you just see, like, a bajillion other snow globes. Oh, give me the jeebies. That probably have other families trapped inside them. No. So that's a good fantasy element for you. Mm-hmm. Menagerie. Krampus's menagerie. Yeah. Oh, we'll not be looking at snow globes the same now. You okay in there? Tiny people stuck in there. Also, it reminds me of the Disney short. It was like before Finding Nemo mm-hmm. with the little snowman in the snow globe, and he wants to get out of his snow globe so he can like go on that. a beach vacation. Yeah. Oh my gosh! You just unlocked a memory. Wow. <laughs> The amount of times I've seen Finding Nemo. Love it. (laughs) It's in my brain forever. Mm -hmm. So I liked it, but I do think it was, it was a hot one. Mm -hmm. I will say, yeah, from your description, I'm like, I don't think this year's not the year. The toys got me. Yeah, that's so scary. (laughs) So we also have a Krampus video game reference. Are you ready for the next portrayal of Krampus? Yeah. Okay. There is a video game titled Krampus is Home. It was released in 2019, which my co-host so graciously gifted me this year. (laughs) So we can play it together, yes. In this game, Sebastian, our main character, is a teenager waiting for his parents to come back home on a cold Christmas night. Where is this a home alone situation? Why does his parents leave him home on Christmas? Uh, Yeah, I was gonna say, I didn't know this had a story element to it either. Okay. Why would they leave him alone on Christmas? Also, should it be Christmas Eve? I don't like what's going on is here. I'm confused. I have questions. Okay. Soon he realizes that there is something evil lurking around. Gosh. Experience Sebastian's journey into a surreal world like no other. Oh Are you spooked God. yet? A little bit. I thought this was like a multiplayer game. I'm gonna have to play a scary game by myself first, potentially. Where evil is lurking around. You can thank the Steam game description for that one. That was a good description. The game is about survival. You can be stealthy. You can also run away or defend yourself from some enemies. Oh. Some. I like Mm -hmm. how they said some. Yeah. (laughs) Not all, just some of them. Just some of them. The enemies have been developed with advanced artificial intelligence. Oh, okay. Ooh, this is some internet mystery stuff here. Mm -hmm. This game has all our elements. Wow. (laughs) really does. Thus, they are very unpredictable. Okay, that's giving FNAF vibes mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. This game has a story mode and then a survival mode that unlocks once the story mode is completed. <sighs> could have to play. We could play, we could play simultaneously. Yeah, maybe. I might have to. It's also spooky. That's fine with me. I'm into it. Does, I, it, does it unlock cause if you I, die? Because I, I can already tell you I'm probably going to die. But I bet you it's similar oh. to FNAF, where, like, even mm-hmm. if you get a jump scare, like, you gotta keep going. Hopefully. Hopefully it's like that. That that I'm okay with, yeah. Because I feel like survival, like, I really, like, oddly enough, I really enjoy those survival type of games. So either, like you said, yeah, like, you can respawn, or you just, like, die and the mission's over. <laughs> so it'll be interesting mm-hmm. to see what they go with. Yeah. Because I think that was definitely a mechanic in the older Five Nights at Freddy's Mm -hmm. and like how you could get so many of the different endings. Because if you didn't survive your Five Nights, Mm -hmm. if you got super scared, then it (laughs) it was game over. Yeah, yeah. 
they came after you. So we might have to play through the story. But our main characters here are a spooky reindeer, Mm -hmm. a scary elf, and Krampus, of course. Of course. I'll be interested to see what Uh, their Krampus is. I've seen a couple shots, Mm -hmm. a couple clips, and he's not an abominable snowman Krampus. He's our darker, Mm -hmm. so we might have to adjust our brightness settings. (laughs) You know I'm already (laughs) bumping it up, so (laughs) don't have to tell me twice. We can play during the daytime. Yeah, appreciate it. This is our line of baddies serving up jump scares left mm-hmm. and right. Mm-hmm. But multiplayer is now available mm-hmm. and you can even choose to play as the bad guys as long as you can survive the story first. <laughs> that's that's the ringer. Can we survive or can I survive? <laughs> I think again. That's our catch. That would be fun. That would be a fun one to play together. Because you're right. It does I'm like excited. has like all those elements that he like. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And if we're together... The jump scares won't be so bad. Yeah, 100%. And they did say you can run and hide. That is a strategy available to us. Well, that I might think you be just it. have to survive the night, just like the Krampus folklore. You just got to make oh, it through. Okay. You just got to make it through the night. Oh, yeah. Told t- I'm going to be finding a hidey hole and watching that wristwatch. I mean, <laughs> that's, how, that's how I took that. Yeah. Or your iPhone. I don't know what you get in the game. I guess we'll see. Oh, how fun. You get a flashlight mm-hmm. at least. But it might be complicated. I think there might have also been batteries. And if you have to run around and find batteries for mm-hmm. your flashlight, mm-hmm. I don't know how I feel about that. Yeah, just be bumped that brightness up. I'm ready. It's okay. Yeah. We'll give it our best. Yes. See if we can survive Krampus. Yeah. All right. But now I've got a mild example for you. Whew, taking it down. Okay. Lighten it up a little bit here yeah. for you. So this honestly is one of my favorite Krampus appearances. Mm-hmm. American Dad oh. did a Krampus storyline for one of their Christmas holiday episodes mm-hmm. one year. And Stan wakes up Krampus. And there's some ties here to the movie because Stan has this giant kettle, which I don't know if it's a thing in the lore as much as it is in the pop culture references. But Krampus is often seen or associated with bells, like in the Krampus movie, Mm -hmm. the little boy ends up with a Krampus bell, and that's, like, how he has to carry on the curse. Oh. That's how it, like, attaches to him, Mm -hmm. like, he's got the bell. And then Krampus has also been, like, associated with big, kind of, like, cast iron, almost like a witch cauldron, but with, Mm -hmm. like, a lid. Okay, okay. Stan has... One of those containers in his basement. Stan is our dad, if you are unfamiliar with American Dad. But his son, Steve, has been acting like a real brat this year. (laughs) So when he's looking for more decorations in the basement, Stan comes across this trapped, sleeping Krampus. So because he has had it up to here with his son's ratty behavior and spoiled attitude, Stan wakes up Krampus. Who then kidnaps Steve because he's been the baddest of boys. Mm -hmm. And I think it's the whole family connection here. But Dan ends up having to ask his dad, who he does not have a great relationship with, because Dan works for the CIA and his dad is a former criminal. And I only say former (laughs) because in this episode, when Stan goes to talk to his dad, his dad is in prison. Oh, jeez. So he's a shady individual. Okay. But Stan has to go and ask his dad for help 
because it's this whole, you know, Krampus is a family curse. Mm-hmm. Christmas is about family. <laughs> Even the dark side. Yeah. <laughs> so they go on this big, intense rescue to go find Steve, who is locked away in Krampus's, like, winter castle palace sort of thing. Mm-hmm. It was definitely giving me Frozen vibes. <laughs> And I don't know when this episode aired, whether it was before or after that. Love it. But there's also kind of like a Beauty and the Beast element. Because this is a musical episode. Oh, you love a musical episode. Do love a musical episode. And living with him in his Krampus Winter Palace are a bunch of like anthropomorphic furniture and household items much like in beauty and the beast Mm -hmm. but it's more things like a toilet instead of a (laughs) clock and a a candlestick yeah (laughs) so the little beauty and the beast ish characters yeah try and help steve realize that krampus is not such a bad guy krampus gets to sing a really nice blues number Mm. And then everybody busts in and we have our big action sequence. And in the end, Dan's dad has to become the new Krampus because they defeat Krampus. You can't have a world with no Krampus. Oh, interesting. I think it was because of his curse. Mm-hmm. Dan's dad now has to take up the reins. <laughs> but I like it because they bring that up in future yes. holiday episodes. <laughs> or even just like if they're talking about Sansa, they'll be like, isn't he Krampus now? <laughs> So, very lighthearted depiction. A little bit of action and Mm -hmm. blood and gore, too, Mm -hmm. but it's animated, so it's not as scary as our 2015 Krampus. Yeah. This definitely sounds like something that I could watch. (laughs) So, Oh, you could handle that for sure. (laughs) With the level of anime violence I know that you can tolerate, I think that you would be just fine. Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And there's enough musical numbers to break it up. I always love when they put a musical episode of anything. It's always so fun. Mm-hmm. Like Bob's Burgers does it so well. They do it so well. It's always like it's paced throughout the season. So good. Do love me some Bob's Burgers. That's good because that is the next example we have for a Krampus Ooh. with a twist. My favorite. (laughs) I know. Bob's Burgers is definitely a show that we both really enjoy. And one of their holiday specials was called The Bleakening. Do you remember that one? Oh, I do. Yes. I do. So good. I have fond memories of that one. (laughs) It's definitely one of our favorites. We watch it year round. So The Bleakening is a two-part episode, actually. So it's about an hour. Arguably one of the better Bob's musicals. What do you think? Oh, I definitely agree. Yeah, the music is so catchy. And when we watched it, we watched it earlier for this episode, so I kind of have it fresh in my head. We missed part of, like, one of the numbers. My husband's like, wait a minute, we have to restart it, because that song's really We good. have to go back. Yeah, I was like, no, I agree with that, I agree with that. And how could you not love when the kids are like, oh, we're, we're going to go search for him. That's and it's kind of like Game of Thrones vibes. Yeah, yep, that one. It's the best, so... So anybody who's unfamiliar with Bob's, it's about Bob and he runs a burger restaurant with his family. His wife is Linda and they have three kids who are, I want to say they're like 13, 11, and maybe like nine years old. Tina, um, Jean, and Louise. So 
this episode starts out a couple days before Christmas. Linda has a dream and she decides to throw the Christmas party of her dreams to save Christmas. So everyone's just sad that year. So gotta save Christmas. I want to be Linda when I grow up. The amount of times my husband either looks at me or says something that she does is me. It's probably and like, cause for <laughs> concern. In like 15 years, yeah. I hope that that's, that's what I evolve into. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I could get behind that. It's a good, good aspiration. So at this party, Teddy, who's like one of their regular patrons, tells the kids about the Bleakin. So this is our Krampus with a twist. The Bleakin is a creature who will appear if the children are naughty to steal their Christmas gifts. Oh, he's not stealing children. He's taking their gifts. He's taking their gifts. Yeah, leaving them behind. So I know. But I bet you his Krampus palace is (laughs) decked out. I would like to see that on an episode of MTV Cribs. Yep. Yep. (laughs) Welcome to my crib, Krampus. And (laughs) Bleakin. These are all my treasures. Yeah. Oh my god, just the amount of iPhones alone. That just makes me think of the Rick and Morty episode mm-hmm. where the, Morty really wants a dragon. And when there's one scene where Rick goes to hang out with the dragon and he's laying on his pile of dragon treasure, mm-hmm. you know. But Rick is like, wait, why do you have like... High C Ghostbusters ectoplasm cooler. Oh and the dragon is like, well, I collect things that humans covet or think are valuable or something like that. And so he has all this like crazy, ridiculous, like stuff like collectibles yeah. and like he has like a record, a gold record from future that's like signed by him, but it's signed in. Percocet and Molly. Oh my like, god. He just has all these ridiculous, absurd things. <laughs> Could you imagine just a palace filled with a bunch of children's Christmas gifts? Oh my god. I I could not, but... The gaming setup you could build. Oh my god. Setups. Anything you wanted. One in every room. Yep. Multiple running Three consoles hooked up to each TV. Yep. <laughs> That'd just be wild. Okay. So this is what definitely what is going on in the kids' head. And they're like, yo, oh, yeah. Bleakin is not find stealing our guy. Christmas, okay? So didn't they also all ask for, like, really ridiculous things that year? Like, didn't <laughs> Louise want an apartment to herself? Oh, I can't remember if that's the episode. But I did remember Jean asked for a dinner to KBBQ. Because I love KBBQ. Oh. And I was like, that is such a good Christmas ask. Oh my goodness, yeah. that's adorable. But they do always ask for kind of more ridiculous items that aren't very, like you said, like an apartment. Uh-huh. Oh, so very For cute, the youngest yeah. child of mm-hmm. the family. Of course, of course. And I mean, these gifts are awesome. So of course they're concerned about them being taken away. So they're kind of like getting on their toes a little bit. I would be. Mm-hmm. And at the party, so because this is just like a, couple of days before Christmas and Linda just like woke up that night and was like, we need to do this party. She actually chops down the top of their tree and uses it as just decor. cuts off the top. Yeah. <laughs> just goes ham. It's like, this is it. It's got all the kids decorations on it. They Makes made their own miniature tree. <laughs> yeah. And by the end of the party, she realizes that it's been stolen. So... She and Bob embark on their own adventure to figure it out. But the kids, now that they know who the Bleakin is, is uh, pretty convinced it was the Bleakin who took the tree. That's who I would jump to first. Mm -hmm. Right? It makes sense. Absolutely. Absolutely. 
the logic is definitely there. So from uh, reporting, like Linda and Bob report theft and they hear that there's like decorations around town that are also being stolen. So that just like even heightens it more. The kids are like, okay, the bleaking is out here. It's a crime spree. A Christmas crime spree. stealing the Christmas holiday spirit out here. We need to go get him. We need to Nobody's decorations are safe. (laughs) Yeah, basically. They pay a visit to Sergeant Bosco to just like ask questions because they're they're in it. They're in it. They want to get this bleak in. They had a whole song about it. And it's very good if you like musical numbers from shows like this. Um, and they take a picture of the map. And from that, they kind of figure, OK, all these burglaries are happening. But this is the center. I love this logic. This is the center of where they're all happening. So that must be the nest. That has to be it. Because he's kind of a bird like mm-hmm version of Krampus. Yeah, the way that Teddy kind of described him. Well, and I think it ties perfectly into their slightly Game of Thrones number mm-hmm. when they're out hunting for the Bleakin, because it's kind of like Jon Snow, black mm-hmm. winter cape vibes, <laughs> and crows and ravens. Yeah, I was into it. It was good. Good imagery. I liked it, absolutely. Yeah. So, on Christmas Eve, they decide to go and find the Bleakin nest, because they gotta save their gifts. And their mom's Christmas tree. So they go to this part of town. They spot it on the map. And it's actually a pretty kind of shady. Not really the safest spot. Bunch of warehouses. Yes. Things. Exactly. And aren't they like creeping down alleys and stuff? Yeah. And it's nighttime. Yes. And they're, like I said, they're children. All under 13. (laughs) By themselves. Uh Fighting them against the Bleakin. So definitely questionable. (laughs) on their safety um but they actually do find an ornament so they're like oh my god isn't this also mm-hmm. where tina has the emergency phone yes. and she like <laughs> yeah crocodiles them on purpose yeah. so that they'll overhear mm-hmm. where the kids are yep and she gives the exact like street names and she keeps repeating the street names <laughs> it's yeah, she's very, very sneaky. And we all, yeah. if you're a Bob's Burgers fan, you know that Tina is not good under pressure <laughs> no. or at being sly. No, yeah, they, they do like a, a reprise of their musical number. The, the beat is Tina huffing because <laughs> she's so scared. I was like, oh, my God, I don't think I noticed that before. It's really funny. That is so funny. It's very Tina. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Tina. So while Bob and Linda have now been alerted, so they're trying to go find the kids they actually go into like an abandoned warehouse and they find like a secret entrance that leads to like a secret staircase so it's all very like i feel like especially as a child elaborate. yeah Super it's just elaborate. like oh my god this has to be the bleakens lair like why else would there be a place like this hey why would you be trying to hide it mm-hmm. why would you go to these lengths to yep. mm-hmm very sneaky so make it such a secret entrance and you have to go through all these steps yeah and at this point they're all reunited so the whole family is there and of course the parents are like let's go this is like shady it's also christmas eve like and they're like no we've come this far we've got the ornament and they're like oh my god what so they keep going forward and down the hall like you said they see this figure it's got like the horns the feathers the shape of like what could be a bleakin and they're like oh my god (laughs) the bleakin is real it's real they follow it and they find it is actually an underground rave. Of course, right? It's Christmas somebody rave. Right? Yeah, I love that. It's so funny. I would want to go to a Christmas rave. 
Yeah, right? That just sounds so fun. So, and it's also beautifully done. They, yeah. they were 10 out of 10 at their speakeasy setup. Oh, yeah. Some of them are so cheesy, I feel like. Because mm-hmm. I know that's a big fad these days. It's oh, all these, yes. like, I've been to speakeasy bars. Yeah. Yeah, I've been to a couple, and it's fun. But I have seen it done more on the cheesy side. Mm. So, mm-hmm. if I were going to a, a rave, and it was a speakeasy? on the download yeah. rave. Yeah. I would be so stoked. Yeah, uh, I would. I agree. I don't know. Town they location, all out. Yeah, absolutely. Love it. They stumble into this Christmas rave and like things go down. You know, like they find the tree and then then Linda calls the police. But then she Linda's very upset that they stole. Oh, she's her tree. the most, and she thinks that they're ruining everyone's Christmas. Yes, until she sees that it's like all of their like friends, and she's like, "Oh my god!" Because in the earlier part of the episode, there was a bar called the Wiggle Room that got demolished so got shut down yeah so this is all of their friends who used to go to the wiggle room trying to celebrate the holidays together ringing in christmas they always had their big christmas party there mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and so this year they were extra sad that they didn't have their usual location yeah. together so just trying to keep that christmas spirit alive and then she's like oh my god i was wrong and then, i feel like it was very fr- like found family mm-hmm. friends giving type vibes oh, like, yeah definitely all of the towns kind of like weirdos yeah. like marshmallow is there <laughs> yeah and everybody's in all of these like crazy costumes mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. very cool and i love that they're just trying to get together and celebrate yeah yeah so then linda realizes like oh my god it's me like i'm the problem i'm the drama i'm ruining your christmas yeah so she apologizes you were trying to do the same thing i was doing exactly except for better if you were louise (laughs) who did say that Uh, right so funny so at the end bob actually like volunteers himself he takes the bleaking costume to lead the police away from the rave and oh my god it was cracking me up because when the police see him he's like waving his arms and this costume that like i don't even know how we managed to squeeze into it and he's like i'm the christmas oh, yeah. thief the bleaking is real <laughs> it's just so funny so that was that was a very cute depiction can of, we also yeah. talk about the fact that teddy is hiding out inside an inflatable <laughs> yes. santa lawn ornament the whole time yes because he's afraid that people are going to steal his christmas mm-hmm. decorations mm-hmm. especially after the burger shop got hit yes he was he was very concerned the most concerned so while bob is being chased by the police he actually runs by teddy's house and teddy's in <laughs> He's the in Santa. the Santa costume. He's like, he oh my god, the blanket is real because <laughs> he's the one who told the kids the story, and he grew up hearing it. So he's just like freaked out. I'm oh, sure Teddy. <laughs> Teddy is a little gullible. I feel like. Oh yeah, definitely a little naive. You know, believe he's, stuff. Yeah. He's a romantic. Yeah. So I'm sure that he is also a fan of fairy tales oh, and yeah. wanting mm-hmm. to believe that the magic is real. Oh, for sure, for sure. That is definitely teddy in a nutshell so teddy is a true believer yes i completely behind that he is a true believer so bob actually runs into ted it was just which i think is funny since we're talking about it when they realize it's each other teddy's like get in the get in the santa get in the santa suit so they're both hanging out in this huge inflatable santa watching the police go by oh my god what a funny way to end the, the episode what a great yeah spot to hide from the cops i mm. guess <laughs> yeah uh. There you go. Bob's we love a Christmas tip. crime spree. Yeah. 
definitely probably one of my more favorite episodes of Bob's. Not just the holiday specials, like just out of the whole series. So that one's a good one. I would agree. Mm-hmm. I like that one. It's definitely my favorite of the Christmas ones for sure. Yeah. Speaking of Christmassy creatures, you know Momo and I do love our cryptids. Mm-hmm. And over in the U.S., instead of Krampus, we have our very own Christmas creature. The Dairy Fairy. Or as we like to call it, the Christmas Cryptid. The Christmas Cryptid is a story that I had learned from the United States of Cryptids. I love <laughs> that you have your very own cryptid encyclopedia. Yeah, I'm I'm really getting into getting into learning about the, the cryptids. Especially Slowly in the collecting States. her supplies to yes. become an official cryptid hunter. Yeah, or cryptozoologist. We'll see. Next time they make a documentary about Bigfoot, it's going to be me and Momo on a couch instead of that oh adorable gay couple who hunts Bigfoot together. If only, if only. We'll see. That could be our future. <laughs> um, so oh. the Christmas cryptid that they have listed there is called, like you said, the Dairy Fairy. It was first spotted in Dairy, New Hampshire. I would just like to clarify for any of our fans who are listening that this is not the same dairy from Stephen King's It. <laughs> I'll remember where you saying that. Thought. Yes. No, this I is, had to ask. This is Dairy, New Hampshire. So I, I think you said the one from it is Dairy, Maine. It's Dairy, Maine, and it is a fictional town. Okay. Doesn't actually exist. Good. So, good disclaimer. This is the IRL dairy. Mm. Yes. <laughs> Alfred Horn, who's in his mid-70s, was chopping a Christmas tree down on his property when he came across a strange, small, green creature. It was two feet tall, with a domed head, filmy eyes, droopy ears, and no digits on its stubby limbs. To me, it kind of reminds me of, like, maybe, like, Piglet from Winnie the Pooh, but with, like, droopy elephants. Oh. <laughs> that's, like, that's... Oh. Yeah. Oh, and green. I didn't, yeah. I didn't and catch green. that I was Okay, like, yeah. honestly, I was uncomfortable after you said small and green. Yeah. And then it just got worse. Yeah. Okay. Oh, my goodness. So, he actually tried to catch this little creature, this little dairy fairy, but when Alfred he grabbed did. it... Yeah, he did. Because he was this like... This old man out here trying to catch... <laughs> yeah. He suddenly okay. became a cryptid hunter. <laughs> All right. Yeah. When the opportunity presents itself, I guess. Yeah. You got a split second to decide what you're going to do. And he chose glory. Yes. He chose fame and glory. Yeah. And he actually grabbed it. He got a hold of it. But... No way. When he was holding it, it let out a piercing cry. So he dropped it. Oh, I can't even imagine the sound. <laughs> yeah. I, I can't either. And I would definitely be doing the same drop it and it escaped back into the back into the woods on his property it's giving harry potter vibes for sure oh my god exactly yes those little baby mandrakes oh when they scream and you pull them out of the pot needs the earmuffs yeah (laughs) made a kid faint yeah i would drop it oh my god so so that is the tale of the dairy fairy from new hampshire ended there though he never i think he ended up trying to get somebody to investigate it like years later but like day of he was like he was already in his 70s (laughs) this man tried yeah his best okay yep he did the most Mm -hmm. that he could yeah and fun fact the town name Derry was named after Derry, ireland because there are many scotch irish who settled in the area and ireland is famous for their fairy folklore so who knows 
maybe how interesting this could be something from ireland <laughs> this is what the book hints at so interesting the irish are tale. very into um fairies and magic and mm-hmm. all of those things yeah maybe that's why i like it so much maybe because my dad's family is very irish oh i didn't know that how interesting it's hereditary yeah genetically predisposed to believe in magic yes our next segment very much about fairies and magic talking about disney thinking about Ooh, disney's disney magic spookiest christmas franchise Thank you again for listening to Spooky Pasta Sauce. If you've been enjoying the show so far, it would help us out a lot if you could give us a five-star rating or leave a review. We read all of our ratings because your support and feedback is so important to us. Hey, Cleo. It's time to talk about your favorite Christmas movie, maybe even movie in general. But for those who don't know, it's Nightmare Before Christmas. So anybody unfamiliar with the franchise, I'll give you a little synopsis. It's about Jack Skellington, the Pumpkin King, King of Halloween Town, discovers Christmas Town. But his attempts to bring Christmas to his home in Halloween Town causes mass confusion. So, Cleo, I know this is like a beloved movie for you, and I want to hear your hot take. Is this a Halloween or Christmas movie? And you started out with the one that you know I'm the most stupid about. (laughs) Yes. But I am so ready to serve you all of my hot takes, all Mm -hmm. of my opinions, whether I think these dishes are deserving of seconds or trash. I'm so ready for this. Yes. We'll start out with my opinion. I fully believe, and this is a hill that I am willing to die on, that Tim Burton's The Nightmare Before Christmas is absolutely a Christmas movie. (laughs) And I am willing to fight anyone who says otherwise. Because the movie starts, the very opening scene, Halloween is already over. Mm -hmm. Halloween is done. This is not a movie about Halloween. The plot, the story, is all about Christmas. Everything in this movie is about Christmas. It just has Halloween characters in it. It's not a Halloween movie because you don't get to see Halloween. You don't get to see the Halloween planning. There's no trick-or-treating. This is a Christmas movie. I like okay. that. I like that. my soapbox now. I like that hot take. Yeah. I, I know this is like a very debated question. And if you really want to get mm-hmm. into it and be super specific... <laughs> It's an in-between movie. Mm. It's the perfect Mm -hmm. movie for that period after Halloween where you're really sad that spooky season is over. (laughs) You're making Christmas. Yes. You're getting ready for Christmas. Love it. Yeah. I think that's where I kind of fall because it depends on when when I'm asked the question, what do I think? But after your take on it, I'm like, yeah, I can see that. Definitely. It's more of a Christmas movie. I love to watch it during that in-between time, Mm -hmm. also because I like to watch it multiple times a year. (laughs) Yes. We watched it together last night for the fourth time this Mm -hmm. year for me. (laughs) Love that for you. I love it. Mm -hmm. I love every minute of it. Every time. Mm -hmm. Never gets old. Perfect, Uh because the next thing that I have for you to serve up is fan theories. So I'd love to hear your take on these fan theories, what you think. 
Now, we are a bit of a morbid and macabre podcast. So here is a trigger warning for those of you who might be more on our spooky curious side. We are going to be talking about topics such as death and ways that fictional characters may have died and if that is too unsettling for you or a little bit uncomfy at the moment no worries you can join us closer to the end for some more stuff feel free to skip ahead if you need to and we'll meet you where you're comfy okay cleo are you ready i'm so ready (laughs) okay so our first fan theory is that everyone in Halloween Town is dead, and that the movie hints at all the ways the characters perished. Ooh, okay. Okay. Um, you know we both love some backstory. <laughs> yes, yes. So this definitely gives these are my kind of Easter eggs. Okay. Yeah. So let's go. Let's see. Let's see what you think. Okay. So let's start with the first one. We'll start with Jack, of course, our Pumpkin King. This fan theory, which most of the fan theories I've pulled from Tumblr or Reddit. So that's where a lot of these theories are coming from. Our favorite kinds of sources. Yes, the best. Jack the Pumpkin King burned to death. So the evidence, the receipts here, are in the beginning. He sticks a torch in his mouth. No, not very natural if you Unless you're a circus performer, I suppose. I could could see that. Um, His body covers in fire quite fast. I remember that scene from Rewatched. And the last one, he's just bone. So apparently if you are burned to death, the only thing that we left is your bones. Okay. I could see that. That makes sense because Mm -hmm. another thing that I wanted to jump to is like, well, maybe that just means like he's been in Halloween town for a really long time Mm -hmm. because he's he's skeleton, Mm -hmm. you know, and it takes a while to get to be a skeleton. (laughs) Yeah. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But you do have other characters who are more similar to what you would think of as like a typical zombie Mm -hmm. or even like a Frankenstein type Mm -hmm. of creature. So, yeah, what would be the determining factor then if you get to stay Mm -hmm. fleshy or... Okay, so maybe it does have something to do with the way you died, how you end up looking in Halloween Town. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Okay, our next one is Jack's sidekick, Zero, his little ghost pup. Best boy. Yes, best boy for sure. And this fan theory suggests that Zero may have died from electrocution. So the hints from the movie are like the smoke that's kind of around him while he's floating around, his nose lighting up, which I was like, okay, kind of see that. And the other fan theory around Zero in general, I guess, is that maybe he's Jack's dog from IRL and actually died in a fire with Jack. It was a fire started by electricity. Hmm. Oh, okay. I like the connection there Mm -hmm. that you just made. I think I'm on the fence with this one. If I were going in, I would say I'm more of the latter half. Like maybe he's Jack's dog Mm -hmm. from real life. They're very connected. Because that also, Mm -hmm. well, that ties to Corpse Bride, how Victor dies and Emily brings back his old dog for him Mm -hmm. to frolic around the underworld. (laughs) So I do think Tim Burton is very much into like 
this was my best friend mm-hmm. in life and I just can't go on without him. Mm-hmm. So now these dead characters have to have their dead dog friend with them. Yes. The only way to spend your afterlife. Absolutely. I would want to have my dog. <laughs> no wonder those Egyptians were like burying themselves with all of these things to take into the afterlife with them. Yeah. Okay. Well, our next one is the leading lady, Sally. Okay. So the fan theory here is that she was taken apart in real life because she was an accused witch. Interesting. So in okay. life, Sally was dismembered for being a witch. That is why she's a rag doll in her afterlife with all her limbs stitched together. Another supporting factor is that Sally clearly has some precognitive ability. So she's got visions of pre-Christmas tree burning for telling Jack's meddling of Christmas. And after she sees this, Sally runs to tell Jack that she's had a vision. Kind of like that's so Raven. She also, I think, says mm-hmm. premonition in mm-hmm. her solo that she gets. Ah, so even more fuel to this fan theory. Love it. And then the last one is the fact that she brews a potion to knock out Dr. Finkelstein. So brewing potions, seeing the future, little witchy. What do you think? I don't know. <laughs> I think it's reaching. <laughs> I think it's reaching. Yeah. They've got supporting facts. I see the train of logic. I get it. But I'm not hopping on board this one. Okay. She was created mm-hmm. within Halloween Town by Dr. Finkelstein. And the reason I'm super stuck on that is because when that obviously doesn't work out for him, yeah. he makes a new companion. <laughs> it's very Frankenstein. Yeah. And I think that that's a very purposeful reference. Mm-hmm. And he's the mad scientist who's just bringing things to life in his laboratory. Yeah. I don't think that Sally had a previous life. Okay. I think that she was born within mm-hmm. Halloween Town. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Okay. So that one's that one's a no. She might have become a witch or picked mm-hmm. up witchcraft mm-hmm. because there's other witches in Halloween Town. Yeah. Like, yeah, because she can definitely brew a potion oh, yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. But I think that other skills like that, like her sewing skills, she only like has such good sewing skills because she learned how to sew herself back together. (laughs) After her multiple times sneaking away. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that she's learning from the other residents Mm -hmm. of Halloween Town. And yeah, maybe she picked up witchcraft as a hobby in her new life and chose to be a witch. But I don't I don't think that she qualifies for this theory. Okay. Okay. I can see that. That's my opinion. Okay. So let's talk about the creator here then. So that's okay. Dr. Finkelstein. Am I saying that right? Yeah, you got okay. it. <laughs> I was like, I expert, expert Momo over I here. Don't, I don't know. Okay. So his supposed way that he died was by being his demise poisoned. Hmm. So they say in the movie that it mentions Sally poisoning him on several occasions. He usually gets knocked out, but he doesn't die. So maybe he's resistant. Is that because in a former life he was poisoned and now brought back in the afterlife? He's he was just building up a tolerance. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. What do you think? Pass. I'm going to pass on this yeah. one. This theory is trash. I do not need a second serving. Yeah. I think that maybe you could make a case that he was prosecuted mm-hmm. just like they tried to go after Dr. Frankenstein mm. in Frankenstein mm-hmm. for meddling with artificial life. Yeah. 
I could see him being like tracked down by a mob <laughs> or something like yeah. that. And like, how does this not even mention the fact that his brain is hinged? Mm-hmm. His head, like you can just open the top of his skull. Yeah. And I would imagine that that would be because he, maybe he was put to death. And maybe he was, like, electrocuted or something. Mm -hmm. And then they studied his brain for science. Mm. And that's why he's got the hinge and easy access to it. (laughs) And why it might be split in half so that he can easily put part of it into his new companion. Yeah. That would be my fan theory. I I, don't think that he was poisoned. I like that theory. Yeah. Re my theory about Sally that Mm -hmm. she was created within the Halloween Town universe. So Dr. Finkelstein would have already had to have been there Mm -hmm. to make Sally. Yeah. So I don't think that Sally could have killed him. Yeah. Very interesting. The next three are a very iconic trio from Halloween Town. Boogie's boys. So Lock, Shock, and Barrel are the next two that My we'll favorites. do. I know. You have their little squishmallows, right? So cute. Oh, yeah. I'm sitting with them right now. <laughs> As like, you should Just be. like you said, I'm <laughs> I'm settled in and I'm yeah. ready for all of these fans. She's ready. Okay, so let's start with Locke. So a lot of these theories around the three are basically based off of their physical appearance in the movie. And Locke is the little devilish one. Mm -hmm. And Locke has blue lips and a pale face. So the fan theory here is that the cause of death would be being frozen. What do you think? Mm, Okay. I'm medium on that. Yeah. I'll take a side dish. (laughs) We'll take a side dish. Um, So shock. Because she has kind of purple lips, that would kind of signify like either a natural cause of death or a potential accident or suicide. Okay. Um, I'll take a side dish of that one mm-hmm. as well. Yeah, I think with the um, since it's going with the appearance, it's like okay, maybe that's a maybe. Right. The last one, barrel, because of the greenish lips, the slightly seaweed look. You know, the hair is like got the green. The cause of death potentially could be he was drowned. Okay. And also the name barrel, kind of <laughs> that one. I could kind of see. I was like, okay, yeah. Okay. Also, here's my alternate theory. Ooh, we get an alternate theory. Let's hear it. Based on details from the manga, Ooh, okay. my best guess would be that they call him Barrel because mm-hmm. he's a little chubby kid <laughs> because he loves to eat and that maybe he died choking or oh. maybe he was the one that got poisoned because he mm-hmm. loves food and will just go to town on like whatever's placed in front of him. Very interesting. Pulling in... An outside canon. Love it. Outside source. Yeah, yeah. But that's all I'm basing it off of. Like, these are going off appearance, and Mm -hmm. my only receipts that I have to bring (laughs) are that he is obsessed with food in in the manga adaptation. Get behind that. You always get more detail in the book, so... Oh, yeah. And he even goes into, like, some of the, we'll get into this later, mm-hmm. but some of the dialogue in the manga seems very musical. Mm. If you use your imagination, <laughs> you could put music behind it because oh it's very, gosh. like, rhymey mm-hmm. and they'll have, like, separate couplets that work. And 
some of it sounds cheesy, like it wouldn't be normal dialogue, (laughs) but it would work in a musical number. Yeah. And so there is one part where he's talking about how people gave him a hard time for being a chubby kid. Aww. Or Barrel. So maybe that's how he got the nickname Barrel. (laughs) (laughs) Aww. I'm, I'm excited to hear more, but... Let's continue. I have one more left of this theory of how everyone in Halloween Town died. The last one is the Boogie Boy's favorite Oogie. Oogie Boogie. (laughs) Yeah. So the theory here is that Oogie was actually skinned. So that's why he has a burlap sack for his skin and insects on the inside because it would have devoured his skinned corpse. Trash. I think this is trash. <laughs> it's very graphic too. I didn't realize it until I read it out loud. I was like, oh, what am I saying? <laughs> yeah, that's a dark one. Uh, yeah. Okay. My only thoughts are mm-hmm. in the movie, when Jack pulls his burlap sack cover off, mm-hmm. it's like one single insect that like has control over all the rest of them, kind of like a hive mind mm-hmm. thing or the guy controlling the mechanical suit or whatever. (laughs) Yeah. And in the Game Boy Advance video game, the dialogue says that Oogie is the king of all of the bugs. Mm -hmm. So I think he's just a bug who is maybe a little bit power crazy. A little bit. (laughs) And he has whatever kind of supernatural powers because we're in a fantasy world here. Yep. Yep. And he conned all of these bugs to live inside of this burlap sack with him so that he could be a big, intimidating baddie instead yeah. of just, like, the tiny bug that Santa squishes. This would be great. We'll live in an underground casino. He's just a bug. <laughs> yeah. I like that. Yeah. That makes sense to me. Okay. Well, those okay. were all of my theories. That was my a good theories. one, though. Yeah. I, I would take a side dish of that whole theory. Mm-hmm. Nice. It's not completely. It's not completely trash. Yeah, I like the concept, mm-hmm. but some of them, I'm just not quite sold. <laughs> hit, hit or misses in there. Yeah, yeah. Okay. It needs more seasoning. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, let's check out our next dish, our next fan okay. theory. So this one is that the movies Frank and Weenie, The Corpse Bride, and The Nightmare Before Christmas are actually all one long story. So, okay. <laughs> Victor and Frankenweenie is a younger version of the Victor in The Corpse Bride. And that Victor then becomes Jack Skellington in The Afterlife. These characters, physical builds, and also canine companions lend some credence to this theory. And then also, in all three stories, the male lead interacts with a dog that has also kicked the bucket. All three pups or ghost puffs are roughly the same size. What do you think about this one? Okay. Um, I might be on board for this one. Yeah? I could potentially take a second helping of this. Wow. I wasn't sure what you were going to think of this one. I was unsure Mm -hmm. at first, Mm -hmm. but spoiler alert, at the end of Corpse Bride, Mm -hmm. Victor does not end up in the um the afterlife world mm-hmm. he gets to keep living the rest of his human life mm-hmm. so technically you don't really know what happens to him after oh, the end of the movie yeah so there's some so i could see it building the case yeah 
But for me, the only reason I'm kind of on the fence is that I think the dog thing is really just a Tim Burton thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I could agree with that. I was, I was, I was reading I think it. I was the like, reason, I don't know. I think the reason that like he does it in all of them is because it's probably the way that he copes with mm-hmm. the loss of his probably childhood pal. Yeah. And I like it. And I feel like it's a very relatable dynamic. Oh, yeah, definitely. It definitely gets me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me too. Always. Anything with pups, okay. I'm here for it. Which leads to our next fan theory, which was actually submitted to us by my husband. <laughs> I told him we were doing oh. this segment, and he he told me about this really? one. He had read on the internet. So, <laughs> okay. <laughs> this All one right. is that the Grinch is Jack Skellington. <laughs> so I did some research on our favorite sources, <sighs> Tumblr and Reddit, and I found that fans claim, who like this theory, that when the Grinch was a baby, he was <laughs> transported <laughs> to Christmas Town instead of Halloween Town, which would explain why he's so different from the Who's of Whoville. After his heart grows and he comes to love Christmas, he lives out his life happily as a Who and dies of old age. They claim that after his death, he's transported back to Halloween Town, where he forgets about his past life in Christmas Town. This is the reason why he stumbles upon Christmas Town again, this time as Jack Skellington. He's completely fascinated by it and develops an obsession. Also supporting this theory is the fact that both characters have a dog as their companion. So Max, the dog from The Grinch, could possibly be zero jack skellington's dog in his afterlife other things that my husband remembered when he originally read this theory was that jack's house is pretty far away from town just like the grinches and then also he had read one that said maybe all of whoville is halloween town so there would be some resemblance to sally being Susie. i don't know this is an interesting fan theory to stumble on what do you think I think that I hate it. <laughs> and it's not as awful as I was expecting it to yeah. be. I will give okay. it that. Okay. I literally was upset when I saw this theory in our outline. And I was starting to question what kind of things Momo was trying to convince me of. I, I think people are just too hung up on this dog thing. Yeah. People just like dogs, okay? <laughs> okay, like your dogs. <sighs> Lots of people love dogs. Yeah. I don't know. I think, also, <laughs> I think that Dr. Seuss probably wrote the Grinch way before Tim Burton even thought of the story for Nightmare Before Christmas. I mean, yeah. And I don't think that he was thinking about <laughs> A Dr. Seuss book when he did it. Yeah. I think that he was trying to think about how could I blend my favorite holidays? How do, what, mm-hmm. why does this in between time make me so miserable? Mm-hmm. And why can't Christmas be goth? <laughs> yes. All the important questions. It's not as bad as I was expecting it to be, but I still, I still hate this theory. I'm sorry. Throw it in the garbage. Pass. And I don't hate the Grinch. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that. Yeah. I have very fond memories of the, you know, the cartoon one. Oh, yeah. 
That one's my favorite. Way before, mm-hmm. yeah, way before Jim Carrey. And not that that one isn't good. Mm-hmm. I like that one. And obviously you can do a lot more uh, with like CGI and live action oh, yeah. and yeah. stuff. But no, no, I hate this theory. <laughs> Two separate franchises. Nothing Moving connected. On. So let's go back to Halloween Town. No. Where we belong. And if you really want to get into it, I don't even think that they're affiliated studios. No, I don't think so. Yeah. No. Okay, so let's go back to Halloween Town and okay. serve up. I've got two, two more. Or actually, I've got three okay, more, I'm but ready. I've got two more specifically about Halloween Town. So the first one is Boogie Boogie was originally going to be Jack's successor. So Jack wished to step down. Boogie Boogie was the obvious choice to take over. Due to his predilections, however, Jack thought it was better to go another way. So he had Dr. Finkelstein create the mayor. When the jilted Oogie went after Jack, he got banished to the outskirts of town. So this could explain why Oogie's lair is so far from all the action, and also the reason why the mayor is scared of Oogie's minions, Lock, Shock, and Barrel. So what do you think? Um, I think it has potential, Mm -hmm. but I think that if you were really gonna sell this one to me, it would be... That Oogie Boogie was originally one of Jack's contenders mm. for mm-hmm. King of Halloween. Yeah. I don't know how I feel about successor. Mm-hmm. Maybe your opinion will be different after I tell you about the video game adaptation. Ooh, yes. So I'll take a side dish. Okay. I don't. Okay. I don't think it's a bad one, mm-hmm. but just a bite. Just a small edit. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, let's, let's see what you think about this one. I feel like this one's maybe just a little bit meta. So it kind of goes into like psychologically why Halloween Town has three leaders. So they say it's because of the connection to like Freudian theory of there being an id, ego, and super ego. Okay. So this is a little bit long. So hang in with me. So the first one. You're giving me flashbacks to <laughs> <laughs> getting my undergrad degree. Yeah. It's like. <laughs> Here we're going there. We're going there. Okay, classes and sessions. So the first one we're going to talk about is the super ego, which would be Halloween Town's mayor. So the mayor exemplifies the super ego, the part of the mind that identifies with concern and rules and order, all those type of things, which I definitely noticed when we watched the movie together. So he's definitely overly concerned with protocols and what should be done. I mean, he starts planning for the next Halloween, the very next day. He's like, where is Jack? I've got ideas. Also, I would say that he's very neurotic Mm -hmm. and anxious and he can't make decisions by himself. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I'm only an elected official here. Please. So yeah, definitely gives credence to that as well. So Oogie Boogie would represent the id. He's driven by his baser desires. So, I mean, there's a scene where he's easily distracted by Sally's leg. Hilarious. For sure. Yep. Um, and the casino theme layer, he admits loving gambling and taking risks oh, that yeah. he cheats we when know he's how losing. Sinful gambling is. <laughs> yeah. And also, he tends to act outside the law and on his own whims, especially when they kidnapped. No, that wasn't his idea. That was Jack's idea to kidnap Santa Claus, right? So, but that's yeah. where they brought him. So, I mean, but it was Oogie's idea to torture him. Yeah. Once he had him and yeah. potentially eat him. So, yeah, yeah, they didn't say to do all that. Um, Jack said make him comfortable and then they almost served him for dinner. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like, you know, 
Lock, Shock, and Barrel are kids, and they may not always have their listening ears on, so. Oh, no. But also, comfortable to them. That might have been comfortable to them, so. I don't know. They love debate. it there. They do. They're like, where is the most comfiest <laughs> spot in Halloween Town? Uggies. Okay, very interesting. So then the last part of this Freudian theory is that Jack represents the ego. So he mediates between the id and the superego, between the mayor and Oogie, to find a way to like kind of meet everybody's needs within the bounds of social conventions. So Jack works closely with the mayor in planning Halloween. And also, I feel like this is true. Part of his role in Halloween Town is to keep Oogie Boogie out of the going-ons in Halloween Town and kind of like keep him under control. So what do you think? That... I like this one. Yeah, I think this okay. is a winner for me. This is the best one. Yeah, I, I did like, I mean, I always like a psychology kind of a thing. But yeah, it's very interesting. I will take a second helping. Mm-hmm. Dig deeper into this one. Yay. Wish we were leaving off at this high because I know how, I kind of have a feeling how you're going to feel about this next one. Um, okay. <laughs> this okay. is probably the silliest one that I could find. But um, this I'm one into it. is and, that. End on a light note. Yeah. Just like with Yes. So the last one that I have for you is Jack Skellington is a reincarnated Jack Sparrow. Okay. A cursed Jack Sparrow and his crew sinks to the bottom of the ocean in their ship. 100 years later, someone revives the cursed skeleton crew and they wash ashore Halloween Town. Having lost okay. most of their memories, Captain Sparrow and his crew settle into their roles in town, but have existential crises because they don't really know who they are. Interesting. <laughs> My first thought is that there are very few female pirates, and there's a pretty good mm-hmm. diversity. Yeah. There's some diversity and a good mix of genders going mm-hmm. on in Halloween Town. I don't know. I don't. I don't think that... A pirate crew would be as accepting. Yeah. I don't know. I, and, uh, <laughs> if you were going to say that anybody was Jack Sparrow, why wouldn't you say it was Victor from Corpse Pride, who was actually played by Johnny Depp? <laughs> There's a connection, yeah. Just because the Pirates of the Caribbean ride is close to the Haunted Mansion ride does not mean that <laughs> <laughs> there is a deeper connection there. You know, that probably was it. Somebody was waiting in line, one or the other. It was like, huh. And they pulled up Reddit. Yeah. And Ooh. instead of going to the Overheard at Disney page, they <laughs> just started writing their own theory. Yeah. Because they do, they do decorate the Haunted Mansion during the holidays, right? Oh, they absolutely do decorate the Haunted Mansion for Christmas and Halloween time. Oh, love it. Disney describes this holiday attraction as a seasonal overlay of the Haunted Mansion attraction at Disneyland, blending the Haunted Mansion with the Nightmare Before Christmas, on display from September through early January. Take a tour of the eerie estates, marry macabre makeover, and meet some real holiday spirits. (laughs) Pumpkin King Jack Skellington has been busy decorating the Haunted Mansion with frightfully festive touches, inspired by Tim Burton's The Nightmare Before Christmas. Experience thrilling sights and seasonal surprises created by the citizens of Halloween Town. Sally, Oogie Boogie, and other nightmare nasties will be on hand to wish you season screamings. Love it. Oh my god. Nightmare nasties. <laughs> Definitely. So that cute. That sprinkle of Disney magic. Oh my God. I love it. Yes. 
I love it. I, okay, I have admitted that I am a closeted Disney adult. <laughs> but I would like to add a disclaimer to this. Mm-hmm. I have only ever been to Disneyland once. Okay. And I've only been to Disneyland in California. I have never been to Disney World in Florida. So I am not one of the crazy obsessive (laughs) types before you all interpret that your own way. (laughs) But I was fortunate enough when I went to Disneyland to see the Haunted Mansion all decked out for Christmas. (gasps) Oh my God, what? It was amazing. Yeah, totally. It was amazing. We went there during Halloween, and so everything was set up already Mm -hmm. because they do the most to maximize the spooky season, which I appreciate, and I know that you can as well. Oh, yeah. And like we were arguing earlier, it's the perfect in-between content. Oh, So absolutely, they let that puppy ride through (laughs) Halloween onto Thanksgiving and keep it going for Christmas. As it should. Absolutely. I would love to go for, like, in January Mm -hmm. for my birthday, (gasps) after everybody has already been for the holiday season. Mm -hmm. Catch them before they take it all down. Yeah, just soak in the holiday vibes before it's over. Absolutely. My grandma was one of those types that kept Christmas going into January. (laughs) Love it. The Haunted Mansion holiday takes place shortly after the events of the film it conjoins with, The Nightmare Before Christmas where Jack Skellington, who tried to create his very own twisted Christmas in a Halloween-style overlay in the movie, now discovers the Haunted Mansion, home to 999 happy haunts. (laughs) Deciding to spread joy to the mansion's gloomy residents for the holidays, Jack and his creepy crew... What? Can we be a creepy crew? (laughs) I love that, yes. From a Halloween town, bring hundreds of Jack's original evil Christmas presents and decorations to the manor and deck the haunting grounds for a thrilling and chilling holiday for the grim, grinning ghosts inhabiting the abandoned house, setting stage for the ride itself. Love that. That has to be so cute. And they really do a good job. Yeah. And it's a house, so... Mm -hmm. I feel like it's kind of an easy transition for them to be like, okay, we're just going to decorate it for Christmas, but all of our (laughs) Christmas decorations are going to be Halloween themed. Yeah. And it makes sense because it's the Haunted Mansion. So. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Okay. So what was your favorite decoration when you were able to go? Speaking of Jack's toy creations, Mm -hmm. you know, my favorite is Vampire Teddy. Oh, yeah. And I do like the evil duck. Yeah. With like the vampire teeth. They're a good and stuff. combo. Yeah. Very They're cute. cute. Mm-hmm. And I like, I didn't even think about that until last night. Yeah. They get, they get delivered together. Yeah. <laughs> cute. Love it. Love it. Yeah. But it is super fun. There's mm-hmm. a soundtrack. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very festive. Mm-hmm. It's even decorated outdoors. So oh, wow. you have sights mm-hmm. and setting. It sets the mood for you while you're oh, waiting yeah. in line. Mm-hmm. It's a good time. I would definitely, definitely go again. And I would like to see if there's differences between the way that Disneyland does it and Disney World. Oh, they both decorate. Oh, cool. Okay. I would imagine because I'm pretty, right? Like, I, I don't know. Do they know. not have the Haunted Mansion in Disney World? I don't know. Am I a, see, I'm not really a Disney adult, you guys. <laughs> I don't know these things. Okay. We won't tell your secret. But if they do, I would want to see yeah, definitely. Yeah, isn't isn't the whole point of Disney World like they do everything bigger and better? 
Supposedly. Well, you know I love a mashup. Mm-hmm. So, the more ghosts, the merrier. Yes, absolutely. Add that one to our bucket list right after Harry Potter World. Mm-hmm. I think I can provide some background for you as to why mm-hmm. I am so strongly opinionated about these fan theories. Mm-hmm. And it's because I am a Nightmare Before Christmas connoisseur. Yes, absolutely. I have at least three different book adaptations. I have at least two different video game adaptations. So I have a bit more, a few more books in the archive to pull from Mm -hmm. when we're looking for our facts and receipts here. (laughs) And... A very Christmassy example would be the Nightmare Before Christmas manga, Zero's Journey. Oh my god, how cute. It's so cute. It's all about our favorite best boy, mm-hmm. Zero's Journey. The NBC-themed manga comes in the Ultimate Manga Edition. Ooh. And as... The back cover will tell you it contains all 20, that's a big two zero, comics in one. So this is a real thick boy. Mm -hmm. It's fabulous. It's still a quick read. It is a manga, but since it is about zero, who doesn't really have dialogue in any of the adaptations, (laughs) I think, (laughs) is our main character. We we have a lot more visuals to rely on here than... Mm -hmm dialogue to get our okay. to get our plot across. So it's a quick one, but here let me give you a little little plot summary for you. As Jack is busy wrapped up in his Halloween planning, he accidentally winds up lost in Christmas town. Much like in the movie, Jack <laughs> is distracted and tries to play fetch with Zero with one of his ribs. And Zero is the best fetcher mm-hmm. I've ever seen, for sure. <laughs> he is determined yeah. to return Jack's rib. And I guess that's a good thing, because if you're willing to throw one of your bones out there, hopefully it's a yeah. dog who will bring it back to you. <laughs> yeah, I'm still working on that with my puppy. She hasn't quite gotten the bring it back part yeah. down. <laughs> Zero is really going after this bone, and he accidentally, much like Jack in the movie, falls into the Christmas holiday door. So one week before Christmas Eve... Zero is trapped and lost and disoriented in Christmastown. And he has to try and find the holiday doors in this world so that he can get back home. I really love this manga. Obviously, if you've been listening to the rest of this episode, you know that I'm a dog person. Oh, yeah. I love the pops. So, it's very cute to see Zero getting up to some hijinks on his own having a little independent adventure and then it's a good mix because you get what's going on with zero in mm-hmm. christmas town meanwhile back on the ranch you get to check in with everybody <laughs> back in halloween town yeah who is trying to help out our pumpkin king himself jack to find his lost bestie and one of the best parts or quotes from the manga that i came across was that as they're all rallying around to help Jack, the mayor is trying to encourage everybody and be like, Hey, we all love Jack. You know how great he is and fabulous and everything. And he's just trying to pump the crowd up. And our werewolf here, 
shouts out from the back, long die the pumpkin king <laughs> instead of long live. Yeah. Because oh, like it. our fan theory, mm-hmm. everybody in Halloween town might already be dead. Definitely have some suspects. Yeah. Well, Jack, obviously he's a skeleton mm-hmm. already. Mm-hmm. So back in Halloween town, all the townspeople agree to help Jack in his search for zero. The events in the manga take place after the events of the movie because as Zero is trying to find his way in Christmas Town, he runs into Mrs. Claus. Mm-hmm. So maybe this is why my blind bag <laughs> super special clip was yeah. Mrs. Claus because she's actually a character in other pieces from the franchise. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I was very salty <laughs> when when I got Mrs. Claus. Yeah. Because she's literally in the movie for like two seconds. Yeah. Anyways... Mrs. Claus takes time out of her busy day to explain to Zero their version of Christmas, and she mentions Jack's version as well, and corrects Zero that it is Santa Claus, not Sandy Claus. <laughs> Very cute. So, yeah. this is definitely afterwards. Yeah. We have already had our Christmas takeover. Mm-hmm. Fortunately, she's venting to the one Halloween Town citizen that can't communicate that with the rest of the town. Right? He can't go back and be like, you guys, we got a couple of things wrong. Yeah, like his name isn't even right. Which is also part of the story, too, Mm. because at first they all think that, like, Sandy Claus is a villain Mm -hmm. and maybe he must have had something to do with Zero going missing. Okay. So they clearly still don't have a very good understanding of, like, how Christmas works. Yeah. Which I find interesting, even after that gift of snow that Santa gave them. Mm -hmm. After they ruined his holiday, almost. (laughs) Yeah. Like, in the Nightmare Before Christmas universe, Santa seems pretty forgiving. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Another hint that this takes place after the movie is that while everyone is searching for Zero in Halloween Town, Boogie's boys go to check Oogie's lair, and it looks pretty abandoned. Mm. So I think it's safe to say that Santa really did squish Oogie Boogie. (laughs) Ultimate he, d- he does not seem to be involved <laughs> in other storylines taking place after Yuch. the events of our Christmas takeover. Stay on the nice list. Yeah. <laughs> Sally thinks that she may be lost herself because she is doing the most. Mm-hmm. She's wandering out by her favorite place oh. to hang out with Jack, the mm-hmm. little spirally hill. Mm-hmm. And... She basically makes the same walk that Jack does in the movie Mm -hmm. um, after Halloween. Yeah. And she finds herself amongst the holiday doors and she notices that a Christmas door has been left ajar. Ooh. It's a little bit open. Mm -hmm. And then when she sticks her head in the doorway, she can hear Zero barking. (gasps) Oh, no. Obviously, our most logical thinker in Halloween Town comes to the conclusion that Zero must have fallen to the same fate Jack did Mm -hmm. in the movie. And now he's lost in Christmas Town. No. Bubba's. But we do get some character development here. Okay. They don't quite understand Christmas, Mm -hmm. but Jack does say that Christmas is their holiday, and I perfectly respect that. Mm Mm-hmm. So there's no takeover here. This is okay. just this is just a reconnaissance like mission. A search and rescue. 
search and rescue, trying to get our friend back. And I also thought it was very cute. And Tim Burton would approve. One of the other good quotes from Jack is that as he's trying to convince everyone to help him, Mm -hmm. he says, nothing is as important than one's best friend. Jack announces after Sally comes back and tells them what's up, fills everybody in. Jack announces that he is going to go and save Zero, but our mayor gets very upset. He is completely distraught that Jack will miss the big Halloween planning meeting (laughs) that they were supposed to have that evening. That that checks out. Totally checks out. Mm -hmm. So, as a compromise, everybody thinks it would be a good idea to send Boogie's boys instead. Uh Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. See how that turns out. So, mm -hmm. So, we have some more... Fingers crossed behind our backs, mm-hmm. mischief going on. Oh, yeah. See and they that. literally get to Christmas Town and they're like, all right, we're here to cause some chaos. <laughs> Boogie's boys stumble in and start causing a mess, causing a real big scene. And then we kind of get a flashback to Zero and check in with him. And he runs into an elf who hates Christmas. Huh? And wishes that he did not live in Christmas Town. What? Wow. We almost have our Christmas version of Jack himself. Mm-hmm. Except that I don't think he hated Halloween. I think he was just in a rut. Yeah, I think he was burned out. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Well, if the planning starts the next day. <laughs> yeah. So, turns out, he hates all of the holidays, except for Halloween. Hmm. And then in a flashback, we get to see that he, once upon a time, had a live dog (laughs) named One instead of Zero. Mm -hmm. Oh, I get it now. (laughs) (laughs) At first, I was like, what kind of a name for a dog is that? And then I was like, oh, gotcha. Okay, okay. Well, and then for a second, I thought maybe we were going to have a Frankenweenie moment. Yeah, I was where just wondering. I was like, what? Zero brought him back to life. Hmm. Or like how Emily does, like bring in a ghost dog for Victor. Yeah, that is not the case here. That's not how it goes down. Mm-hmm. I won't spoil it for anyone who wants to read it because I do recommend. It turns out that we get to see in a flashback after, you know, after being introduced mm-hmm. to our other fluffy character. One of a dog <laughs> accidentally gets run over by a sleigh and becomes a ghost dog just oh. like zero yeah that's why the elf hates christmas oh i'm sad but our best boy zero helps the grumpy elf to grieve and move on and not feel so sad about his lost dog oh doing the most so, best boy yeah absolutely literal best boy mm-hmm. man's best friend elf's best friend now too Oh, yeah. So, I am going to leave it at that. But if you would like to hear more about Zero's journey, be sure to check out our Patreon because Momo and I will be doing a special book club episode for some bonus content to give our patrons where I will be discussing the rest of the book. Love it. Can't wait to hear Are you ready for some video game action? Always. Let's go. Let's go. Press play, baby. There are several Nightmare Before Christmas video games, Mm -hmm. character features in other games, Mm -hmm. references, all sorts of things. They know who their audience is. Yeah. Love an adaptation to video game. (laughs) 
Absolutely. Absolutely. I was lucky enough to come across a beautiful gem in my local used game shop. Mm -hmm. I am the proud owner of a Game Boy Advance cartridge of (laughs) A Nightmare Before Christmas, The Pumpkin King. Wow, like a full NBC game. Love it. Yes, full. Only NBC, all NBC. Super cute. It's got some of that chiptune music we love. Oh, yeah. With a Nightmare Before Christmas twist. twist. So good. Our favorite kind of twist. It was not a cheap used Game Boy (laughs) game. I will let you know that. Yeah, I was going to say, probably not many copies. Not that many copies compared to other franchises. Oh, no. Yeah. And a high demand still. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, yeah. Especially right now. Consumer value for that one. Yeah. Yeah. No, the, the man who owns the store even had to like break it to me easy. (laughs) He was like, just so you know, this one's going to be kind of expensive. Like lay it on me. And I said, um, sir, I don't think you understand. (laughs) (laughs) So I happily, happily bought a Game Boy Advance nightmare before Christmas game of my very own. Where it belongs. Your collection. Yes. The Pumpkin King is a prequel to The Nightmare Before Christmas in which a frustrated Oogie Boogie has failed to create a holiday of his own. So he tries to take over Halloween, help Jack defeat Oogie Boogie's vile plot, and save Halloween Town from being overrun by bugs. Just want to, does it tell you what Oogie's made up holiday was? Oogie Day? Boogie Day? I don't know if I made it far enough, and I don't think they really give you much backstory. Yeah. Like, you don't really get to see his failure. It just kind of starts in with him being like, Halloween is mine, (laughs) and I'm going to do it way better. Like, there's a part where Boogie's boys are chatting with him, and they're like, wait, but, like, Jack Skellington is the Pumpkin King. Yeah, wait a minute. And, And Oogie does the... Never heard of him. Who is that? <laughs> oh my god, that's so oogie. So he instructs Boogie's boys who are aware of our pumpkin Halloween celebrity. Mm-hmm. Oogie asks them to go and kidnap Jack. And I honestly don't know why people keep asking these children <laughs> to go on these types of errands. They do not have a very good track record. Yeah, still in training. So of course, they accidentally snatch sally instead of course because it was dark he had a similar <laughs> similar outline yeah in the dark okay? the same silhouette same yeah range. exactly <laughs> exactly everyone in halloween town has gone into hiding because of all of these bugs Ugh. that are moving in Ugh. yeah i'd be bugs in hiding everywhere oh, thank you everywhere and what i thought was very cute is that instead of finding gems or treasure or like keys or whatever mm-hmm. you get to find the belongings that the townspeople have tried to hide around town Aww. to protect from the bugs <laughs> that's <laughs> so hilarious. it's kind of like everybody's favorite thing yeah <laughs> so you run around searching for key items so that you can return very the townspeople's cute. possessions and you get to play as Jack Ooh. for most of the game with the mayor kind of acting as like your guide mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. the tutorial. Like he gives you your weapon when you first get it, that yeah. kind of stuff. Um, so you see him at the checkpoints, especially for like a Game Boy game. Mm-hmm. How many characters were included, Ooh. at least in the parts that I made it through? Yeah, I made it a decent way through. 
but I won't even tell you how many times I rage quit. <laughs> yeah, with games from that era, I could see that for myself as well. Oh my goodness. And it's even worse than Five Nights at Freddy's with the save spot locations. Oh, no. They are so no. few and far between. We need the save yeah. in the menu, not these save so locations. It, so it was definitely yeah. even more frustrating yeah. when you died because you knew like, oh man, now I'm going to have to go and do that whole part over again. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I definitely rage quit. It wasn't that <laughs> I didn't want the rest of the story. Yeah. You'll be back. Um, You'll be back. But I did get to play a zero for <gasps> one of the parts. Oh my God. How fun. Super cute. Yeah. It was sort of like a like a racing game mechanic like where you're oh, trying to dodge yeah. stuff mm -hmm. and you get to play a zero. It was very cute. Love it. Um, it is a platformer. So lots of like running around and mm -hmm. jumping and trying to figure out how to get from one ledge to the next. <laughs> but you get a frog shaped gun Ooh. that I'm assuming is just a frog. <laughs> <laughs> it shoots frog's breath oh, of course. and that's how that's how you fight the bugs yeah you shoot them with frog's breath cute but all of the bosses are giant bugs <sighs> like the first one is a really big spider <sighs> yeah so if you're if you're afraid of bugs <laughs> this one might not be for you yeah might have but to sit this one out <laughs> oogie boogie is the king of the bugs so makes sense couldn't be all pumpkins mm-hmm mm -hmm. Yeah, if it was a baddie in Halloween Town, yeah, that makes sense. Right? Yeah, definitely a spooky element there. I would be afraid. Especially if they were giant bugs. No. No thanks. No thank you. Another very popular video game reference, probably one of the most popular mm -hmm. um, video game references or features, including The Nightmare Before Christmas, has to be our Disney fever dream, Kingdom Hearts. Oh, right. Yes. In the original Kingdom Heart, Halloween Town is one of the different areas mm -hmm. in the game. Usually in the Kingdom Hearts games, you play through a series of different levels or areas that are usually, a, like, each one is like a world from a specific Disney movie. Oh, cute. Yeah. So for Nightmare Before Christmas, the area that you get to play through is Halloween Town. Oh, how fun. And... If you don't already feel old, Kingdom Hearts 1 came out on Station 2 <laughs> and was one of the PlayStation 2's greatest hits. She going back. <laughs> I can see that, though. But Halloween Town has been in several of the Kingdom Hearts games, mm -hmm. especially because this is one of those series with a lot of, like, spinoffs. Mm -hmm. I don't know how else you would describe the, like, the rhythm games that mm. pair with the Kingdom Hearts universe. Yep, yep. Nightmare Before Christmas is definitely included in some of those. And then obviously Ooh. our different like half versions and remastered versions mm -hmm. of, of various games throughout the series. But one fun fact I came across while I was checking the fandom wiki is that the game developers brought back Halloween Town and Kingdom Hearts 2 because of the overwhelming fan base. Gotta give the fans so good. what they want. <laughs> yeah. They had to do it twice. Love it. Second serving of Halloween Town, please. Yes, please. A heaping helping we love. But we did get an addition in Kingdom Hearts 2 because they added Christmas Town. <gasps> did they? How fun. They did. Oh, so exciting. it's not its own mm -hmm. separate area, mm -hmm. but it is like a different part of the Halloween yeah. Town area. 
cool. I thought that that was really fun. Yeah. And the little area logos from Kingdom Hearts just give me such <laughs> nostalgia. Yeah. And I love the designs. Mm-hmm. And so it was really cute to look back at the one from the first game mm-hmm. and then to see how they added like Christmas Town like up in the corner. Yeah. Or the new design in the second one. Mm-hmm. Very cute. Very cute. I love all these examples of Nightmare Before Christmas. I mean, you were throwing it back to PS2, which I appreciate. PS2, Game Boy Advance, yes. taking it all the way back. Taking it all the way back. But Nightmare Before Christmas is so popular. It's still appearing in games that we play today. And the one that I've come across, actually, is Fall Guys. They have the NBC character cosmetics. And so I know this cute. from playing. I saw somebody run around as Santa Jack. And I said, wait, adorable. this is a thing in this game. And I was just like, oh, my God. So they have Jack, OG Jack, Jack dressed up as Santa, Sally oh. and the mayor. And the mayor's head actually spins. So I love that so much. I know. Right. And I had just missed out because I feel like this was like a last year special cosmetic. And I haven't seen any news yet that it's going to come out again this year. But maybe it'll be like a special in the store because the store is always rotating costumes. And it's really like luck what you get in there. So you're still playing for guys. And they did do... They did do another round of the Pusheen costumes mm-hmm. because those are so popular. So maybe... Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe they'll pull know. a Kingdom Hearts yeah. and listen to their overwhelming fan base. There's an overwhelming fan base who would love some NBC cosmetics and Fall Guys for sure. New episodes of the podcast are released on Mondays. We record them live on Twitch on Monday evenings at 5.30 p.m. Mountain Time slash 7.30 p.m. Eastern. We alternate channels every week, so follow both of your hosts. You can find Cleo at Pink Matter Games, and you can find Momo at MomoQuest. To wrap up our holiday spooktacular, I thought that I would serve up Momo three different creepypastas. Oh boy. (laughs) We've got some mild... Maybe medium and definitely a spicy one here for you. Okay. But I'll, I'll let Momo give you some ratings (laughs) after she hears. Okay. I'm ready. We're starting out with one of Momo's favorite resources, scaryforkids.com. Always. Where I found a story called Carol Singers. Are you ready? I'm ready. My grandfather was a drunk and my father was a drunk, but I never touched a drop. There's a reason for that. When I was young, times were hard and I grew up poor. My grandfather and my father never did an honest day's work in their lives. Granddad wasn't good for much, but he played the clarinet like an artist. He taught my father how to play the accordion. Every Christmas, they would gather a group of their friends and go from door to door playing Christmas music, singing Christmas carols and begging for money. Afterwards... They would all go down to the pub and spend it on alcohol. One Christmas Eve, they brought me with them. I was too young to play an instrument, so they handed me a triangle and told me to strike it every now and then. The night was dark, the snow was falling, and a cold December wind cut through us like a knife. We kept our heads down and trudged through the snow and the sleet. Eventually, my grandfather stopped and said, This looks like as good a place as any. 
We were outside a big mansion, decorated with Christmas lights. My grandfather knocked on the front door, and we began to play some old Christmas carols. The door of the house swung open, and in the dim light, I saw a young woman standing there. She was holding a tray of glasses in her hands. With a smile, she picked up a glass and held it out, inviting one of the men to drink. My grandfather rubbed his hands together with glee and took the glass. Just then, I looked up, and in the window above, I saw a face peering out of the shadows. A face that was hideous beyond words. I looked back at the woman in the doorway, and her face was hideous too. Oh my god. Before... (laughs) (laughs) No, you're good, you're good. (laughs) Intermission. (laughs) Before I could stop him... My grandfather put the glass to his lips and knocked it back with one big gulp. Oh dear, said the woman in an eerie, childish voice. You've drunk blood, sir. (laughs) With that, the door slammed shut. My grandfather stumbled backwards and the glass fell from his hands. It shattered with a deafening crash and he collapsed in the snow. I don't remember much after that. All I recall is waking up in the light of dawn and finding myself lying in the snow. The other men were lying all around me, just waking up themselves. My father got to his feet and rubbed his head. The woman had disappeared, and the house was boarded up and abandoned. All that was left was a dark red stain in the snow where the glass had broken. My grandfather lay there in the snow beside it, his face all purple and swollen, He was as dead as a doornail. We hurried home that morning and called the police. They picked up my grandfather's body and brought it to the mortuary. My father told them what had happened, but they didn't believe a word of his tale. They said the house had been vacant for over a hundred years. After that night, my father was never the same man again. He never let another drop of alcohol touch his lips and made sure I did the same. Okay. Dun, dun, dun. Man, ghosts serving up blood. That's one serving way to say we don't poison. like carolers. Oh, man. Well, that's what you get when you go from door to door asking for free stuff. Yeah, I did not expect that. A little twisty turny. A little twisty turny. A little twisty turny. Definitely on the mild side. Definitely a little bit on the gory graphic side, but I'm, I'm like, okay with that. It could have yeah. been worse, yeah. I feel like. She's so funny. You drank blood. <laughs> Sir, <laughs> I had to like read it carefully because I thought for a second she was just gonna be like, "Sir, you are super drunk. <laughs> you need to get it together." <laughs> oh man! All right, this next one is also from Scary for Kids. Okay, because I know that it's Momo's favorite. <laughs> yep, this is our spice level. All my spooky, curious folks out here. Uh huh. I I support it. I'm here for you. Holding your hand digitally, mm-hmm. virtually, as we go. <laughs> Technically, this one isn't a true creepypasta. It's more of another folk tale okay. about a Christmas creature similar to our Christmas cryptid and okay. friend Krampus. Tis the season, holiday spooktacular. Spook it up. Holiday spooktacular. This time, we're talking about Black Peter. I'm not even going to try and say his other name because I know that I will mispronounce it. I am okay. so sorry. Black Peter is a demonic dwarf from the folklore of Belgium and the Netherlands. 
so another super mm-hmm. snowy and cold area. Yeah. He appears each Christmas as the evil helper of Santa Claus <laughs> or Sinterklaas to mm. punish children for their bad behavior. See, even the Catholic Church couldn't cancel Krampus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Try to say no, Krampus? Well, we've got Black Peter. <laughs> Don't worry. Santa Claus is the Dutch and Belgian version of Santa Claus. He is also known as Saint Nicholas. According to legend, he triumphed over a devilish dwarf called Black Peter and made him his slave. Ooh, maybe Santa's the baddie here. Yeah. <laughs> Black Peter lives in a coal mine in Spain. Ooh. His skin is black because of the soot and coal dust from the mine. His hair is singed by the fire from all the chimneys he has to climb down. I mean, I guess Santa's not using slave labor. He's got a professional coal miner, I suppose. <laughs> a coal mining dwarf. Coal mining dwarf. <sighs> he spends the year spying on the children of Belgium and Holland taking note of who has been good and who has been wicked. Man, Santa's keeping him busy. I know, he's doing the most. On Christmas Eve, he sets out from his coal mine, squeezing himself through the narrow tunnels and riding off on his coal cart, which is pulled by plague-ridden undead rams. What? I wonder if they're small. How big is this coal cart? Yeah, a lot of questions. Every Christmas, Black Peter is forced to accompany Santa Claus as he goes from house to house distributing his presents. While Santa rewards the good children, Black Peter takes delight in punishing the bad ones. Children who misbehave do not receive any presents from Santa. Instead, Black Peter will leave a bundle of twigs or a lump of coal Mm -hmm. in their Christmas stocking as a warning. If the children have been really bad or have not heeded his warnings... Black Peter will snatch them from their beds and throw them into his sack. Oh my gosh. (laughs) This is very similar to Krampus. Yeah. Oh, except that his sack is full of hungry rats. Okay. No. (laughs) Not the rats. Oh, I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) He kidnaps the boys and girls and takes them back to his coal mine where he chains them up and makes them his slaves. Oh, see, he's just continuing the cycle. The poor children are forced to dig coal forever, while Black Peter amuses himself by poking them with sharp pins. (laughs) If they ever grow too sick or tired to work, Black Peter will eat them. Oh my god. (laughs) Oh my goodness. So... There you go. Another devious Christmas character. Oh my god. I don't, I almost think that's kind of worse than Krampus. Yeah, there was a, like, quite a few more details. No way to make that friendly. Like, Krampus is just a fun time and you got to send cool cards to your mm-hmm. friends. Who doesn't want a postcard instead of a lump of coal? Oh my god. Not the, not the rats. Or being eaten by him. <laughs> can't work. The poking with the pins. There's a lot of imagery there that I was like, oh. A lot of things oh. going on in that one, for sure. Yeah, okay. Glad I didn't grow up with that tale, because that would definitely scared me. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and could you imagine just getting a pile of sticks in your stocking? Yeah. I, I didn't think it could get worse than coal, you know? At least coal has some uses. Yeah, just like throw it into the fireplace. I guess you could throw bundle of sticks but it's not as fun as chucking a rock and it's not gonna last you as long either mm-hmm. Alrighty, are you ready for a spicy example after that one yeah uh-huh. worked up to my appetite okay. let's buckle in Alrighty. 
Well, this one is so spicy that it comes with another trigger warning. (laughs) We are going to be discussing themes like cannibalism in this one. So if you would like to skip ahead, feel free. Holiday spectacular. Let's get spooky. Let's get spooky. And this one is a true creepypasta through and through from creepypasta.com itself. Straight from the source. Straight from the source. The Wikipedia, the archives, the creepypasta archives. <laughs> Alrighty. A very special Christmas supper. The first time you meet your girlfriend's family is extremely important. Maybe they will become your family too. You have to be funny and charming, but not too funny or too charming that it seems unnatural. You don't want to be a faker or bootlicker. When I was about to meet Mabel's family, I couldn't stop feeling anxious. At 25, I had dated a lot, and I knew she was the woman of my dreams. She was beautiful, successful, and sweet. The most supportive and generous person I have ever met in my life. We had been together for a little over two years, and I felt so at ease with her. All the time, it was like we could be our true selves to each other. Her parents, younger sister, and older brother all used to live in another country, so we still didn't get the chance to meet. We talked over Skype and FaceTime a few times, and they at least seemed to not dislike me. But, you know, it's not the same thing. They were already at Mabel's spacious modern house in the suburbs when I arrived on Christmas Eve. I cursed myself for not being the first one there, but no one seemed to mind. Hi, Jonah. Her father, Richard, opened the door for me, enthusiastically shook my hand, then decided it wasn't enough and half-hugged me, patting me in the back. Such a businessman. Don't worry, Mabel told us you had to work today. His warmness both shocked me and relieved me. For a man in his 50s, I assume, he was incredibly handsome. Richard had auburn hair like Mabel and was tall and fit. He guided me to the other family members in the living room. Martha, Bernie, Fred, this is the famous Jonah. Looks even better in person, am I right? He strongly patted me on the back again. Look how good you look in this suit. Martha, Mabel's mother, was overjoyed to see me and landed two kisses on my cheeks. She didn't look one day older than 35, just like her daughter. She smelled good. After hugging me, she screamed to the general direction of the kitchen. This one is a keeper, Mabe. Next was the little sister. Bernie was around 15, blonde, and with a face that looked carved on white marble like her mother. She rolled her eyes with a smile sign that she thought her parents were too much, but in an affectionate way, and extended her hand. Nice to meet you, Jonah. I hope you enjoy yourself today. Last, but not least, was Fred. He was one of the best-looking men I have ever met. Richard and Martha complimented me, and I know I look alright, but compared to him, I'm more akin to a trash bag. He was tall and strong, both in the arms and the legs. His trousers and button-up shirt looked amazing on him fitting perfectly like he was an Armenian model. His hair was shiny and his teeth perfectly angled. I'm not ashamed to say that if I wasn't exclusively into chicks, I would fall for him. None of them looked this good in video, but I dismissed it as the quality of the frontal camera slash webcam. (laughs) (laughs) Facts. That explains why they complimented me. I was probably effing ugly on our calls. (laughs) Please, 
have a seat, son. Richard pointed me to a chair. Mabel will change and will be here in a second. The five of us had a great time talking, shifting between lots of entertaining topics and getting to know each other better. Every single one of them was interesting, and I honestly couldn't wait for them to become my family. Sure, I love my parents, but they are so normal. Around 20 minutes after I started socializing with them, Mabel came downstairs. She was stunning. Her makeup was perfectly done. Her hair looked like rubies. Her dress was like the wind. And her face was sweeter and prettier than ever. I was truly wonderstruck and regretted that for a second after meeting her family, I thought that she was the least gorgeous person of her kin. Oof, that's kind of harsh. I couldn't hold back anymore. I got on my knees in reverence, then straightened myself and proposed. I had been carrying the ring in my pocket for a while, waiting to do it sometime shortly after I met her parents. Well, it was a little quicker than expected. Everyone in the room erupted in screams of joy. Mabel (laughs) emphatically said yes a few times and held me tight. After a few seconds, the others joined us in the hug. It was the perfect Christmas with a perfect family. I'm so glad our family is complete now. Richard's eyes were full of happy tears, and he squeezed my face between his hands and kissed my left cheek. So please, let's eat, Bernie said in a typical impatient teenager tone, but with a note of joy. The tidbits I had earlier were not enough. Sure, sweetie. Jonah, let's go to the dinner table. The boys will get the main dish. Martha guided me to another room. The table was long, filled with side dishes, and perfectly set. Richard and Fred soon entered the dining room with an immense plate filled with a roasted human. I thought my eyes were deceiving me, but nothing else could have been this size and shape. It looks delicious as always, sis. Bernie was happier now than before. Is this? I babbled. A human, Mabel responded, like it was the most natural thing in the world, like it was merely a turkey. It actually tastes great roasted if you know how to adjust the oven temperature. And boy, does she know, Fred added with a smile, starting to cut the meat. The seasoning is amazing, too. Upon a better look, I noticed the body belonged to a young male. Bernie greedily ate her first bite, and instantly her beauty and youth became uncanny, almost unbearable. It was like she was glowing with an otherworldly light. Come on, son, Richard gave me a fatherly look. We're beautiful, rich, smart, and successful. Who would ever get that without a little ritual here and there? We only need to make it once a year. It's a great cost benefit. Martha remarked as she served herself with potatoes and one of the feet. When she noticed I was staring at her dish, she explained with a smile. I just love to nibble on the bones. (laughs) And it don't have to be a female virgin. This would be so boring and old. As long as the person is young and beautiful, we can make do. This is some frat guy who tried to force himself on my friend, Bernie explained. Well, not on my watch. All their explanations made me consider it all extremely reasonable. Don't you love me? Mabel batted her lashes, knowing very well I loved her more than anything. Don't you want to become almost perfect like us? We know damn well a couple that performs rituals together stays (laughs) together, son, Richard said with a charming wink. Me and Martha have been together for 40 years. It's guaranteed. As I made up my mind, I didn't answer. 
I just cut myself a slice of the leg and decided to partake. Bum, bum, bum. Wow. That's it? That's it. That's the end. Not the foot. What? <laughs> she so she just likes to nibble on the bones. Oh, that would probably be the boniest part. So, oh my God. Since you, you gave us the cannibal, like, warning, I thought they were going to eat him. So, oh, that was a, that been a good brought guess. Brought out a body. Oh, oh it's like, how big of an oven do they have? Like, custom. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like you would have to adjust more than just the temperature. Yeah, I got a lot of, a lot of adjustments, but I guess they're rich. <laughs> Dude. They've had a lot of practice. Yeah, 40 years. Oh my god. That one was <laughs> funny. That one, that one had me. Couples who do rituals together stay together, I guess. I liked that. That was a good one. That was good. <laughs> Oh, guaranteed. Mhm. Mhm. Yeah. That one was a good one. Yeah. Very festive for Christmas. Christmas, Christmas engagement, me and the family. All Absolutely. the Christmas elements, I, you know, I, cannibalism. I tried my best yeah. to find some good served it holiday up. creepy pastas. You really served it up now. <laughs> oh. Was it too spicy for you? It was hitting there. It was hitting there. I think it was very like, hmm. You know, like got that, had a kick at the got end, that cringe going at the end. Yeah, <laughs> had me on edge too. I'm like, what's what's the twist? Why is this creepy? When is oh. why is this creepy? That's... Sounds like a lovely romance. Yeah, <laughs> it's like a Hallmark movie. This is going so well. The twist, Hallmark movie with a twist. We love everything with a twist. Spooky twist. Absolutely. And the real twist is that's the theme of the episode. Yeah. <laughs> Christmas with a twist. Yep. There we go. Upping it all up together. Before we wrap up this episode, we wanted to give a very special shout out and thank you to our founding patrons over on patreon.com slash spooky pasta sauce. Huge thank you to our patrons, Kathleen and Renee. Our patrons on Instagram, Just Kawaii Gamer, Time Mal Wasted, Spoopy Dumplin', and our patrons from Twitch, Evie Ivy. Astro Mimi, and Snaggletooth Studio. Thank you for believing in us like we know you believe in Krampus. You are all on the nice list this year. Guarantee it. Your support truly does mean the world to us and we'll go back into improving the next heaping helping of spooky pasta sauce. Thanks for joining us this holiday season and tuning in to our first holiday spooktacular. Merry, Merry Krampus! Krampus. See you all in 2023. Follow us on Twitter at Spooky Pasta Pod for more updates. You can also find us on Tumblr and Patreon.com slash Spooky Pasta Sauce. See you there. Next month is our resident screen queen, Cleo. It's a birthday. To celebrate, we would like to shine a spotlight on our host and do a little Q&A sesh. So if you have any questions you're dying to ask our resident true believer, feel free to send them our way on Twitter, or you can email us at spookypastasauce at gmail.com.